0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that keeps its finger on the pulse of everything that's going on in the property world. And today we're checking the health of the prime residential market.
1: The prime markets in in the country performed very strongly throughout the pandemic period where we saw that race for space, and that led to significant levels of price growth across those markets. And then more recently, we've seen some of that demand return back to the capital.
2: Our new buyer registrations in the first two weeks of of January were 5% up on last year. But actually, when you compare us to 2019, which is the last normal market as we see it, we're about 35% up. That would suggest to me there's going to be a market this spring.
3: People still see bricks and mortar as an incredibly good store of wealth and somewhere very safe to put your money. Quite frankly, at the moment everything else is so
0: turbulent that a lot of people are going back towards housing stock. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm delighted to say I have with me three of Savile's finest when it comes to residential property. Andrew Perrott is head of the UK agency business. Uh, Andrew, welcome back. You're not a a newbie to the podcast. Good to see you again, Guy. And not quite Savile's man and boy, but very nearly.
2: Um, 23 years I would suggest I've been here pretty much man man and boy and uh, still here to tell the tale
0: And how much of your time is spent on the prime residential market? Is a lot of it prime?
2: I I think we are a prime residential business, that's fair to say Um, I'm pleased to say um, nobody sells more property in the United Kingdom above half a million pounds than Savills Nobody sells more properties above one million, two million or five million So um, yeah, we consider ourselves the market leader
0: and Francis McDonald is a director in the residential research team. It's fair to say, Francis, you've been you've been focusing on prime for what like nine or ten years now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I, I cover the whole residential market, but I have a particular focus on on the top end, the prime markets.
0: And what is it about it?
1: It's more than just Excel. I can promise you that. But um, <laughs> no, it's great. Um, it's being able to kind of look at and analyse, you know, such wonderful and beautiful properties across the UK.
0: That must be really fantastic. So you, when you get the, the Savills thing on Twitter, I'm always looking at properties I'm never ever going to buy, and it must be it must be quite fun actually to be sort of spend your whole time in that world. Yeah, absolutely. And Alex Christian is new to the podcast. He's a director in the Savills private office. Uh, Alex, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Well, what's the Savills private office, and what do you do?
3: Thank you, Guy. Um, the Savills private office really is trying to make. Uh, the world is a slightly smaller place for our ultra high net worth clients and their advisors. It's basically trying to give a sort of boutique attitude to a multinational firm when it comes to dealing with the, 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 you know, the, the global rich. Um, and we're just basically trying to help them navigate the vast sort of myriad of services that, that Savills provide.
0: Oh, you might, whenever you go to a dinner party, people must always ask you what your clients are like. And, you know.
3: They do. And, you know, the very frustrating thing is that the majority of cases we can't really say a thing. So you can give a few anecdotes, but you can't really obviously give much more quite, in way of detail. Quite right, too.
0: Right, let's get going on this. Um, it's been a while since we've talked about this. So, Francis, perhaps we should start with a sort of a definition of what we mean by prime and also super prime?
1: Mm-hmm. So the prime markets are kind of the most aspirational properties um, across the UK. We generally refer to it as being the top 5 to 10% of each local market by value, but that can vary depending on location. Um, so across sort of London, it might be anything above 750,000. Um, across the wider UK markets, it might be slightly lower than that. But I think important to remember that it's not just based on the value, it's also to do with kind of the aesthetics and the desirability of those properties as well. And it also can be down to size. So you might have a really small property um, in, you know, the best street in Belgravia, for example. Um, But because it's small, it's relatively low value, but it would still be considered as prime.
0: Andrew, does this market sort of function in the same way as any other of the property market.
2: So the, the prime market um, it differs from other sectors. It's fair to say, though, that in order to have a fully functioning market, we need the market at both ends to be functioning. But um, the prime market is, has slightly different drivers. It's less reliant on, on debt. Um, so um, I think it's fair to say that it, it has fared better in the last year. Um, as we 've experienced higher interest rates but um it, it it's it 's a different market for buyers it 's a different market for sellers um and our approach to it as an agent is is perhaps different than some of the high street estate agents
3: it 's probably a bit more discretionary actually on both fronts both mm. both sellers and buyers you know a lot of people that we act for um you know uh you know would like to sell, but they 're not you know it's not a an absolute prerequisite it 's not a need, and the same goes for buyers um A lot of people you know will buy if they can find the right thing, but otherwise um, they might sort of, you know, incubate their search and, and wait for another time. Does it make it harder as an agent? It does, yeah, it does. And it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's often frustrating because, you know, you've got to put the same amount of effort into every single sale, every single search. But, you know, likewise, it's incredibly rewarding when uh, when you manage to service a client's needs. So. Yeah. yeah. I think the
2: harder bit is that perhaps more demanding clients, and rightfully so, you know, if you're selling a trophy asset worth multiple millions, the client has a very high expectation of the service that they're about to receive.
0: And... This might seem a, a bit of a stupid question, but do people view properties in the same way? Do they sort of, you know, in the, go round them houses in the same way? Do they get the same access to them as they would in the normal in the normal market, or is that different as well?
3: I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, it is the same. Um, you know, on on a on a sort of base level, it's the same. But I mean, the way they go about it's often different. I mean, you know, the, the prevalence of buying agents, for example. Um, in the prime and super prime markets, invariably you do a, you know, as a sales agent like me, you will do a, a preview with somebody on behalf of a buyer before they come and see it. It might be two or three people on behalf of a buyer um, before they come and see it. a sort of vetting process, if you like. Other than that, it's it's the same sort of process when a viewing actually occurs.
0: And Francis, the, the other thing that that, that that sort of might be a misconception, certainly probably a misconception for me, is that when I think about it, I, I tend to think about you know, really expensive Mayfair properties and things like that. And my mind focuses on London. But obviously, as as you already said, there's there's a, a big market outside London. Is it very, is the sort of the London versus rural thing a big divide?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think actually, if we think about market performance as well, it's quite interesting to compare the two. So the prime markets in in the country performed very strongly, um, you know, throughout the pandemic period, where we saw that race for space and so on. And that led to significant levels of price growth across, across those markets. And then more recently, we've seen some of that demand return back to the capital um, and back to um, kind of smaller, more traditional properties that we saw beforehand. So I think the way they've performed is slightly different. But in terms of the categorisation in terms of um, which part of the market we're referring to, it's, it's largely similar. The only main difference would obviously be um, kind of larger country houses or country estates, which are more the super prime level. But they're obviously going to have much more land and much more um, you know, floor space than what you would find in London.
0: Fair to say that it's, you know, like everything else, the, the last year and a bit or a couple of years. Particularly, perhaps since uh, Liz Truss's wonderful mini, <laughs> or her and Jose Cuarteng's wonderful mini budget not been the easiest time to be in property generally, including the prime markets?
1: Yeah, I mean, as Andrew's kind of touched on it, has held up better the prime markets than we were perhaps expecting and um, compared to the wider mainstream markets. And actually, interestingly, a lot of the price falls that we've seen, most of it took place in the final quarter of 2022. And then actually 2023 was relatively subdued. You know, we did see some continued price falls, but they eased quite significantly, particularly in the final quarter of last year. And that's true across London, country or all of the prime markets that we um, kind of operate in. We
3: saw a sort of slight change in buyer demographic, you know, where as coming out of COVID, it was very much led by, you know, much more sort of domestic money that was pre- more predicated on debt. Um, and obviously, as soon as interest rates started to increase and inflation was sort of spiralling, we saw a semi-influx of the sort of cash buyer, quite a lot from abroad. Um, obviously, the pound weakened quite a lot, which was attractive to international buyers. So there was there was a slight shift. And I think a lot of those people that had... Previously, sort of looked to move further out in London, had done their business, so to speak, and we got a, a new influx back into the sort of golden postcodes of sort of Belgravia, Mayfair, um, Knightsbridge, Chelsea.
0: How important is is the is the international buyer in this market in in, in England?
3: Very, very. I mean, it's it's a lot of our demand is from international buyers. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's difficult because a lot of people try and characterise international buyers as, as, as people that you know, were born abroad. Um, you know, a vast amount of the people we deal with are, we would count as domestic, but are you know, originally foreign. They've made London their home. Um, I mean, quite an interesting statistic that we look at was that last year, um, in the sales that happened in central London, over £5 million plus that were recorded by Savills. Three quarters of the the, the sales were done to what we would categorise as actually domestic buyers. Um, you know, a lot of them are probably, you know, born abroad. Um, but the majority of these, over 50%, are, are people also that will set up their home in London, that will bring up a family, will run a business. So it's, it's, it is international, but, you know, it's, it's quite often... I suppose exaggerated in terms of you know how how prevalent these guys are in the market.
0: Let's look forwards. Let's see whether the the view from through the windshield is the same or, or better than the view through the rearview mirror at the moment, Andrew. Uh, for you, I mean, we're only a little bit into to January, you know, Chris is, but Chris is behind us. So what sort of sense are you getting out in the market right now?
2: So I I think that. We are past peak pain, which is a phrase we've read a lot about in the press of, of late, where the market has had a challenging 12 months, but it is getting better. I mean, it's very early on in 2024, but all the signs are that we're going to have a reasonable market. So one of the, the main metrics for us uh, are the number of new buyers registering with us. So our new buyer registrations in the first two weeks of, of January were 5% up on last year that's a positive. But actually, when you compare us to 2019, which is the last normal market as we see it, um, we're about 35% up in terms of new buyer registrations. That would suggest to me there's going to be a market this spring.
0: So why, so, so why now? Why, why are so many people wanting to be in the you know, looking for property now?
2: So funnily enough, we, we have a, a buyer sentiment survey which Francis's um, research team run. And one of the stats that, that um, jumps out at me is that 57% of the people that responded to that said that they were more likely to move in 2024 because they just wanted to get on with life. It wasn't necessarily a financial decision. They just wanted to get on with their decision-making. And it looks like uh, interest rates are on their way down. Lenders have certainly built that in already with the current fixed rate money that you can you can buy today Um, and it feels like people know what they're in for so whilst interest rates are higher than they were a number of years ago people I think they've built that into their plans and they want to get on with their buying decisions.
1: Yeah the same survey actually told us that commitment to move from those people that were responding um, is at the strongest level that it's been for well over a year and we've been conducting those surveys since the beginning of the pandemic just to get a feel and it's definitely you know bringing forward some positive confidence from from those looking to move
3: it's not it's not just actually buyers either it's it's would be sellers you know you need confidence on both sides of the market to actually create a market and now we've got a lot of people that were previously considering selling that were sitting on the fence that were worried about you know how long it would, their property would be on the market, and now these guys have got renewed confidence as well and the the start of this year we've seen a complete sea change in terms of uh,
0: sentiment and confidence because if you were playing devil's advocate you you could argue. That that confidence is 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 a strange thing to have, and right now, you know, we've probably got an election coming up at some point this year, if not this year, the very beginning of next year. We we don't quite know what's happening uh, with the the government. You know, inflation is on the way down, but there's no certainty that it's going to keep going down. It, it, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent. Sure, where the confidence is coming from? Can I just
2: pick up on the general election piece? Because I think as we get closer to the general election, it it must have an effect. History tells us it always has an effect on the activity. However, it looks like if we have a change of government, we're going to go from a centre right party to a centre left party. So, I, I I think buyers in the prime sector are well read on it. I think they they, they will take a view on that.
1: I actually think importantly as well the. the... Buyers in the prime market are kind of well uh, equipped to kind of move first, if that makes sense. So where they're less reliant on debt and we're seeing those rates come down, you know, lenders are bringing down the lower loan to value rates sooner because they're less risky. So those prime buyers are able, even those that that are using debt, are able to kind of move in uh, more quickly as sentiment does improve. So, you know, it's again another positive sign for the top end.
3: And people still see bricks and mortar as, you know, an incredibly good store of wealth and 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 you know somewhere somewhere very um safe to put your money and quite frankly at the moment everything else is so turbulent that a lot of people are going back towards um housing
0: stock. I want to talk a little bit about what w- what sellers need to do to to, to guarantee success I suppose but <clears throat> before we do that just just quickly the the super prime market the really, really you know the country estates and the really massive houses in Belgravia and things like that. Does price and the economy and everything have have any impact on them at all? Or are these the people that are buying these so wealthy that really it's just whether they feel like buying or not? I mean, it does have
3: an effect because obviously sentiment, you know, affects them as well. Um, What's going on on a geopolitical scale or a macroeconomic scale does affect them. But, you know, just as Andrew was saying, you know, as soon as interest rates seemingly plateau, the domestic market obviously comes out to play. The same goes, obviously, for the international market. Despite the fact very often they're buying in cash, they want to ensure that they're not going to be making a bad decision or overpaying or buying in a vacuum with nobody else going for what they're going for. Um, and, yeah, no, I mean, it, it does. It does. Obviously, you know, there is less competition from them at those times. Um, but quite frankly, that market, you know, it is a market unto itself, but it still is predicated on on confidence.
1: It depends on how they hold their wealth as well. So, you know, and um, Alex talked a bit about the sort of currency advantage. So people that are holding their wealth in US dollars, actually um, London looks like good value at the moment because of that currency advantage that they're getting.
0: We'll come to some, tell me something I don't know in a second, that little sort of nugget of information that uh, that sort of adds an extra bit of light onto the market or the situation. But before we do, um, for us for sellers now, so... Obviously, you're talking about a market getting better and everything. What do they need to do to, to sort of really stand out as, as a seller of a property at the moment? I think the most important thing is is a degree of realism when
3: it comes to pricing. You know, we are – sentiment is on the up, but the underlying confidence is still fragile. So I think, you know, my advice to a seller would be listen to – you know, get a bit of a consensus on price – um, and on strategy, but really listen to what the agents that you have an affinity with and trust have to say, because the most important thing is, is is getting that price right in the first instance, not running the risk of being stale on the market and then I suppose you know as a as a sort of follow on from that being pragmatic when you get offers, you know looking at everything at face value um, and sort of considering everything on its merits.
2: I think my advice to a vendor would be to go to the market early. I think um, yes, we have a seasonal market, but Going back to our discussion earlier on the general election, the closer we get to the general election, we might see a little bit of impact on, on demand levels. There's a general consensus also that stock levels will rise over the course of this year. And I think whilst there's still a shortage of stock across the market, uh, you've got a better chance of, of, of getting competitive interest and potentially a better price.
0: You're nodding,
1: Francis. Yeah, I would agree with Andrew. I think it's about timing. I think, you know, we've seen that confidence return. Um, You know, there could be a a slowdown in that when we approach the general election, depending on um, what the outcome looks like. Um, So, yeah, I think timing is, is very important for sellers and going early.
0: Right, good. Well, let's finish then with Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Uh, As I say, a little nugget of information that uh, could come from anywhere, really. Francis. let's start with you. Tell us something we don't know.
1: So we've run some analysis looking at the number of £1 million um, plus homes across Great Britain. So in 2023, there were 670,000. And although that's down slightly compared to 2022, um, numbers are still up considerably compared to before the pandemic.
0: I'm tempted, Alex, to ask you to tell us something about one of your clients, but you're far too discreet for that. So tell us something else that we don't know.
3: I think something that that is very relevant to my market is the fact that the supply of new-build stock, in particular new-build apartments, is is really dwindling due to planning restrictions that have now been brought in by not only Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea and Westminster, but more recently by Camden, on the whole limiting uh, new-build property to circa 200 square metres, 2,000 square feet thereabouts. There are currently only a handful of these new build um, schemes that offer properties bigger than that size in development. Very shortly, you know, that, that figure is going to be it'd be nil. So the message, I suppose, to, to buyers, if you're looking for a larger family house or apartment that is new build in central centre of London is, you know, act now. Yeah.
0: Last word to you, Andrew.
2: Thank you. Um, I'm going to share a stat with you, which um, our digital marketing team shared with me earlier today, which I thought was a bit of fun to finish on. Um, We, as you can imagine, are constantly looking at our web traffic. We are interested in where, um, where people are sitting and they're looking at our properties. And just to demonstrate what a truly international market we have and what an international appeal we have, in 2022 there was only one country in the world which Google Analytics said didn't, didn't visit our website. And that was a, a country called Tuvalu, which uh, is a small group of islands in the South Pacific. And I was told this morning that actually there's not a country in the world, including Tuvalu, that didn't visit our website last year. Um, so I thought that might be a fun note to finish on.
0: That's fantastic. You've found a client <laughs> or potential client in Tuvalu. Well, that's brilliant. Well, listen, thank you all so much for that. Francis, Andrew, lovely to see you again. Alex, lovely to meet you for the first time. I hope you'll come back and uh, visit us on Real Estate Insights again. Uh, As I say, that's it for this episode. Uh, If you want to find out more, there's always plenty of uh, fascinating research on the Savills website, savills.co.uk forward slash research for that. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. See you next time.
1: This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.